Why this fool got more comics than a motherfucker? MCMF, the comic book podcast where I try to get you, dear listener, into the wonderful world of comic books by making my friends read said comic books. My name is Marcus, Mr. Summers, if you're nasty. Joining me on this episode, or rejoining, I should say, it's Chloe. Hello, I'm back. And Chloe wanted to talk about a character very near and dear (laughs) to her heart. She was very... She's like, can we please? <laughs> I have I have forced Marcus to let me talk about Venom on the podcast. Um, I think I said it to you the other day. Venom is one of those characters that attracts two distinct, very different <laughs> uh, fan bases. There are two kinds of Venom fans. And I can sum it up by describing two different people. The first person... Perhaps the intended audience initially, and who I think Marvel believes is still the primary consumer of Venom content, uh, are like my stepfather, who fucking loves Venom. He loves 90s, uh, like, extreme Marvel comics, like uh, the Jim Lee era uh, X-Men, X-Force, and like Venom. Rob Liefeld fans. Rob, Rob Liefeld, like people who like the Liefeld, McFarlane, that era of comics. Uh, the other group of people that really, really like Venom, uh, the gays. Really, really gay people. <laughs> it's like the straightest man you can imagine and the gayest people you could think of. Though this is like... One of the few things agreed upon as being cool, but for very different reasons. (laughs) Because again, like my stepdad just thinks Venom is fucking cool. And I agree with him. Venom is cool as shit. He is cool as shit. He's a big, he's a big slime monster with giant spiked teeth. Yeah, he fucking kills people and he doesn't afraid of anything. It's so sick. He's a big, strong man who ain't afraid of nothing. Except also, it's an incredibly tender (laughs) romance between a man and an alien goop. Which appeals to the gays! (laughs) So yeah, um, basically ever since the movie came out, I have become a Venom stan, which is like four years ago at this point. I Um, didn't know that the impetus of that was the movie. I, I... felt like you kind of caught that bug earlier maybe a little bit but it was definitely like after i saw the movie i started being like okay well let me like read more comics and stuff because like everybody was like getting into it at that point mm-hmm. uh yeah because so. like i guess because i didn't know you then like i it's weird to think because i feel like we've known each other for so long but we've only been friends since like 2019 i don't think so well, yes. <laughs> I I think I watched the movie later than when it came out too. Mm, okay. 
But anyway. But I feel like um, the Venom I, thing you has been big for you the entire length of time that I have known you. Fair enough. Um, basically, ever since I got... I just... I haven't, like, been a Venom, like, stan my whole life, is what I'm trying to say. Right. But ever since then, I've gotten really into it, and mostly, like, the original, like, 90s stuff. I think that's where you get, like, the most, like, of, like, the romantic angle is, like, the 90s stuff. It's very... (laughs) Yeah, it's mostly, like, the 90s stuff, and then the Costa run, like, the Volume 3 stuff, Mm -hmm. which is, like, post, um, like, it's post Flash, it's post, um, Cosmic Knight, it's post, um, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, the fucking soldier guy who's the host. But, like, whenever Eddie comes back and before the Donny Cates run, there's a Costa run that's, like, really good. But it's, like, mostly the 90s and then that. Yeah. So. And for what it's worth, 90s Marvel isn't necessarily my bag. I'm more of a 90s DC guy. Um, but there there are some spots that, uh, that are kind of universal. Um, so, like the story we're going to talk about today is kind of a big flashpoint uh, for Marvel Comics. Uh, for comics on the whole, really. Um, the early 90s for, for like, Spider-Man and the X-Men. Uh, it's a very iconic Spidey era. Yes. Uh, the Todd McFarlane into Mark Bagley era is, like, that's that's where a lot of people's... When people picture Spider-Man, it's the Spider-Man they picture. And, um... Just kind of bouncing off of that, I'll I'll go ahead and say the the story we're doing is the original three issue Carnage storyline, and yeah. I just want to bounce off of that by talking about the author and the or the writer and the penciler because mm-hmm. they're kind of iconic themselves. Yeah. Um. So, writer, we've got uh, David Michelini, who is basically like the best symbiote guy Um, yeah like all the like iconic symbiote stuff of the 90s is really him Mm -hmm. he basically wrote on iron man for a long time and he introduced a lot of stuff like um tony's alcoholism and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and then he wrote on avengers for a few years after that and during that time, he created a bunch of characters like uh, Rhodey from Iron Man is him. He created Scott Lang, Ant-Man, and he created Taskmaster. So he's got like a lot under his belt. And then he gets on Spider-Man in 87, and he does the original like Venom storyline. So he's the creator of Venom. And then now, what we're going to read is he also creates Carnage. Yeah, and then Mark Bagley, uh, who I, I've talked about on this podcast before a few episodes ago, actually talked about Mark Bagley. Mark Bagley, uh, kind of one of the like when I think Spider Man, I think like of a certain artists. So obviously, you know, um, Steve Ditko, uh, Mark Bagley, uh, Todd McFarlane, um, John Romita senior and junior uh you know but mark bagley is one of those guys he uh like i mentioned before uh 
co-created Ultimate Spider-Man, and so the art style of that, uh, of the first like hundred plus issues of that, are all him. And then the art style of the Ultimate Spider-Man game, if anyone played that, um, that's also just Mark Bagley's art style. Um, so he is kind of one of the like most iconic Marvel artists of all time. Did you know this is actually the this issue we're reading is actually within the first year that he started drawing Spider-Man? That's unbelievable. That's crazy. Yeah. In I think the third issue, there's like one of the fan letter segments and there's a bunch of letters from like Spider-Man 350 of people being like, "Ugh, why'd y'all get rid of Todd McFarlane? I hate this Mark Bagley guy." Which is weird cuz Mark Bagley does draw in the style. I guess it I actually now that I think about it, Mark Bagley draws in the style that was going out of style in the early 90s. Um, his style is very 70s and 80s. It's very, um, think like John Byrne, um, John Romita, like that look, especially with the way it's inked. And then you're coming away from Todd McFarlane, who is drawing similar to Rob Liefeld and Jim Lee and uh, Chris Bocciolo, like this very spiky, pointy, angular look. And so it yeah, is a the, hard shift from one to the other. It, I was going to say, the way this issue looks is very, like, classic almost. Mm-hmm. Like, it does look like a 60s, 70s, like, Spider-Man, almost. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning that uh, McFarlane, Lee, Liefeld... Uh, all those guys left. Like, the reason that they're not... Uh, that uh, McFarlane's not drawing this story is because he left Marvel to go start Image. Gotta draw, like, Peck Laser and, like, Dark Shoulder and all those guys. <laughs> I mean, the reason really comes down to uh, an issue of... Uh, an issue of creators not having any ownership um like the uh in the early 90s the art was what was driving things um like it's kind of famous that uh, a lot of x-force was scripted um or plotted by rob liefeld and then he would draw everything and then Fabian Nicieza would have to go in and re like go in and find words to match the scene. Like if that was the the art was driving everything so hard in that direction that they were writing the words last. <laughs> uh so all of those guys, because they weren't getting they felt they weren't getting paid. Uh, adequate to the amount of work they were doing, to the amount of business they were driving, they left to go start Image, where they would own everything and have and profit directly instead of getting kind of like a small cut of what Marvel uh, was willing to give them. So yeah, absolutely, like it makes sense that they would leave. Um, but Bagley uh, has the unenviable task of following up Todd McFarlane. No, I, I think looks great. I think there's some great looking issues. Yeah. Like, 
this cover, the cover for uh, issue 361, is awesome. I've been just staring at it this whole time. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Carnage wrapping Spider-Man up, uh, and just everything about the way that it's detailed, uh, like the musculature under Peter's suit, um, I, I, the eyes, like Mark Bagley has uh, a really uh, kind of iconic silhouette on the shape of Spider-Man's mask and the look of his eyes. Um and it's just really stellar stuff. Um, so we'll just go ahead and we'll jump right in here to Amazing Spider-Man 361. My first note right away is, man, remember when they used to let comics get up this high in the number on the page? Like, on the <laughs> on the cover? Yeah. I was looking up this issue, and I noticed that, like, they've already, like rebooted the number on Amazing Spider-Man like three times since mm-hmm. they got to like 700 on the original. Mm-hmm. They got to 700 10 years ago and then rebooted it like four times. Because they did Superior, then Amazing, uh, like the dance slot Amazing, then that ended, they went into the Nick Spencer Amazing, and now they are on the third Amazing. But what they do now, which I think is a is a easy way or like a, a good compromise is that it will have the number like this is this runs issue number 12 but total it's issue 850 or whatever oh. like it'll say like if you look at the um the the covers for the 2022 run um the uh, the zeb well stuff which is good i'll fight anybody on that um it says like underneath the number what like it, it'll say LGY and then the number underneath it, so that that'll tell you what issue total it is. So it's actually over nine hundred now. It's over nine thousand. I fucking knew you were gonna do that. <laughs> Shall are, we get into the story? You are incorrigible. Yes. <laughs> so this this issue o- opens with uh with carnage jumping down and he says would you like to know why you're gonna die and this guy's like die but, but i haven't done anything wrong chip chipper chipperoni that's precisely the point this is nuts it doesn't make any sense hey score one for the chipmeister now you're catching on but you don't get it all at all do you this ain't a movie, Chip Man! You can't run off the set! No white horse hero's gonna r- ride in and save your butt in the last reel! Uh-uh! This is reality, compadre! And from reality, there ain't no escape! And he, he like, whips the counter at this lab at him. This is, um, one of the things I love about Michelini. Um, he writes... He, like symbiote characters as just like dudes <laughs> they are bonkers but they are also like like the 90s equivalent of like meme like just meme spouting guys yeah that's like the the natural update to carnage is that panel where he he says to venom hey daddy what's the best wu-tang album <laughs> yeah <laughs> liquid swords <laughs> 
he really injects this level of like humor into their characterization that I feel like a lot of the people who just think they're a really edgy menace. Mm -hmm. Like they're fucking weirdos. Like that's the thing is that all these symbiote characters bonded to like the weirdest people imaginable. (laughs) Like, like Cletus Cassidy is just like this. (laughs) This is like 80% just who he is as a person. Yeah. I like that he calls the guy compadre. Yeah. And it's he also really funny like, if you imagine this is Woody Harrelson in there. Please no. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about that. <laughs> I love Woody Harrelson. I, I just, I can't not picture him making those dumb Woody Harrelson faces. So... Carnage whips an entire countertop, like not the top of the counter, the entire, entire counter, counter. Yeah, at this guy, and then he slams up against a wall, and he says, "Why am I killing you, Captain Chips? That's, That's easy, cause I can." And he fucking uses Starfinger on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he hits him with a like the onomatopoeia is fuck, fuck, T A C K, fuck. So we have established that Carnage is crazy. Yeah. Uh, at the Forest Hills home of May Parker, uh, Peter is fixing the furnace. She's got a fucking furnace. <laughs> this house was built in 19... <laughs> this house was built in 1833. This is an um, old-ass house. I had to res... I had to resist texting you so many times while I was reading this. <laughs> He's fixing the furnace for Aunt May. The phone starts ringing. And, and Peter says, if it's Donald Trump again, tell him you already have a lunch date. You know, because it's written in 1992. <laughs> this is one of, you want to know something that is just like the funniest thing? Is that things? Ha- anytime somebody wanted to use an example of a rich person pre twenty sixteen, they used Donald Trump. Yeah, and Aunt May. Aunt May goes upstairs, and Peter follows her, and she's still on the phone, and he goes, "Still rapping, rapping with, with the, the Donald." Donald. <laughs> also, worth mentioning, I'm pretty sure Peter is older here than he is now. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, um, I really like the way his hair looks in yes. these issues. It's very, like, because he, he does, like, the super, like, black shading with the color. Mm-hmm. So it almost looks like he has, like, a fade on the sides. Yeah. Like, that's kind of something that's lost in the move to, like, to digital art f- uh, for comics and for everybody doing, like, the, like, very rendered look is that stuff like this, these super black shadows, uh, you don't see them anymore. And, like, I get that on a technical level, uh, like, as an artist, I understand on a technical level, the rendering A is harder and B looks better. But this looks so distinctly comic book in Mm -hmm. a way that I think is lost. Yeah, absolutely. Like, comic books do not look like this anymore unless they are deliberately trying to... Like, flashbacks will look like this. 
I mean, it's one of those things where like the things that are originally considered imperfections of the medium come to be iconic to it. Yes. Like after a certain point, screen tones kind of got phased out and like, I get why, but they look cool. Yeah. So, um, Aunt May goes to answer the phone and it's one of Peter's classmates which is funny to me that, like, Peter is still in college here. <laughs> Peter Parker has been in college for 50 years. So <laughs> Peter Parker has been in college legitimately since, like, 1970. <laughs> so Peter answers the phone. He gets told that one of his classmates has been brutally murdered, and he goes, Chip, but, but, oh, jeez. He says, uh, yeah, th- thanks for telling me. Aw, oh, Jesus is a terrible reaction. <laughs> there are multiple aw, oh, Jesus in this storyline. <laughs> this uh, one is just particularly inappropriate. It's like a catchphrase for him. Uh, he says, uh, I have to go, Aunt May. Someone I know has been hurt. A, uh, lab accident. It's like, She'll hear the truth on TV, but how could I tell her that one of my friends, someone I see every day at ESU, was just slaughtered like a pig on a spit? Even sadder, Chip's not the first. There have been a dozen incredibly brutal murders in New York over in the last week or so. The, I have to note, people get shot, people get killed in violent ways in Marvel New York every day. <laughs> Okay, but he literally, like, the next panel, he's like, spines torn from bodies, Ah! heads spun 360 degrees, (laughs) limbs rearranged. Like, And then he says, oh, by the way, somebody keeps signing them carnage. Like, Cletus is on a specific rampage of just like, how, what Mortal Kombat fatalities can I hit on people? (laughs) There have been 12 incredibly brutal murders, and also someone got turned into a baby. <laughs> he writes babality in blood. <laughs> he just leaves a note that says friendship. Um, we get Like some... spines torn from bodies? That's just the Sub-Zero Mortal Kombat 1 fatality. Yeah. Yeah, Peter gets over to ESU, and he's uh, he's like, this could be a cult or a, this something, you know, they think it's like a cult or some sort of lunatic, uh, but people have survived and said that there's some kind of monster. And along with the descriptions, along with the, the crimes, it makes me think the culprit could be something far worse than a cult or a madman. Uh, and so he gets over to, uh, he gets over to the uh, the school, to the lab, and one of the professors is talking to the police, which, ordinarily, we have a firm don't-talk-to-the-police policy here at MCMF. However, in the event that someone you know is brutally murdered by slime, talk to whoever. Uh... Anybody that everyone. Believe, anybody who might believe you, give it a shot. Uh, cause slime, evil living slime, 
perhaps a problem. Perhaps, perhaps something that should be dealt with by whomever is up to the task. So the professor who witnessed part of the crime, she says that it wasn't human, its skin moved and its arms grew a rope. And so Spidey is listening in while a in a vent for some reason. Because uh, we got to do cool Spider-Man poses. Yeah, he says, living skin swung away. Lord, please, it couldn't be. Not him. <laughs> so he's obviously thinking Venom has returned. Uh, he swings over to Central Park to talk to uh, his wife, Mary Jane, who is on her lunch break and looking amazing. Mary Jane should have never stopped doing her hair like this. This is an incredibly glam yes. storyline. <laughs> like, this was, when I say John Byrne, like, Mark Bagley's style is very John Byrne. John Byrne draws Jean Grey, like, the same way with the big hair, like, all the curls. Like, that's, this is the look. And we should have never gotten away from it. Remember what they took from <laughs> you. Uh, my note here is, um, and I quote, <clears throat> Do you, do you, do you, do you, do you, do you, do you love me, Mary Jane? She looks so good. Ain't no reason for that. Peter don't know what he's doing with all that. He really doesn't, because he this doesn't. entire storyline, he's just a huge douchebag to her. <laughs> the early 90s are so great for Mary Jane just looking at Peter and going, God, you suck! Like... In this, in this panel, she's saying, like, blast you, Peter. I've only got a half-hour lunch break for my acting gig. The least you could do is show up on time. So she's, like, disgruntled with their marriage. This is, and okay. Peter's just, like, completely oblivious. He's talking over her the whole time. It's ridiculous. Yeah, she's like, yeah, like, she's just fucking staring at him when he shows up. He's like, hey, I'm sorry I'm, sorry I'm late. I had to stop in a tree to change into my civvies. And she's like, well, maybe you should have stayed there. Mary Jane, this is the tricky thing about Mary Jane, um, which is that, like, I understand, and you and I talk about this a lot, I understand why people shy away from modern Spider-Man stories that don't let Peter and MJ, like, be a couple and be, like, eventually move on and be married like they were for, like, 20 fucking years. However... The number of Spider-Man storylines when Peter and MJ are married that are just this is okay, so like, high. <laughs> I agree. I get what you're saying. But also, how much of that is 90s writer haha nag woman? Yeah, but it's like, I think it's less nag woman and more like, hey, what can we come up with for these characters that's like interesting from a personal life standpoint that doesn't age them too far because they want these characters to stay around. They don't want to, we, they don't want Peter Parker to be 45 years old. So they can't, they don't want to do the mainline Peter Parker married with wife and kids and he's retired from being Spider-Man because then they can't do Peter Parker Spider-Man stories anymore. And also they have to age the rest of the world with him if they do it like that because of the way marvel does time they don't want to do that because then they have to constantly recycle characters that's why characters stopped aging in real time um 
they don't want... So it's like, okay, what do we do? Do we do a storyline where one of them is having an affair? Are we doing something where somebody's trying to split them up? Are we doing something where Mary Jane's got a... Mary Jane decides to be a school teacher? Like, what do we do that's, like, interesting with these characters? It's annoying that this, that they had them be married for 20 years and then split them up. That's stupid. And it's really dumb that they let them get to, like, a point where it makes sense for them to be together and be happy again and then undo it because we have to return them back to, the, to this point. But I can see the logic, at least. Yeah, I just in in my thinking, it's like Mary Jane is going to exist in Spider Man, like no matter what. Yes. It's like, why does it? Like, she's still gonna be there. Just do the stuff you were already gonna do. They yeah. can just also be married. You don't have to constantly write about their marriage. Yes. Um. In uh, in addendum I, to that, I get it. In addendum to that, they should let Mary Jane smoke again. <laughs> She actually... We'll talk about that later. <laughs> In the 90s, Mary Jane smoked like a fucking chimney. It's great. So Peter and MJ both go, we need to talk. And MJ goes, okay, you first. Peter goes, Chip's dead. That's no excuse for... What? <laughs> Mary, Mary Jane was about to read him the fucking riot act. And he's like, hey, so my friend is dead. And he goes, she goes, oh, hmm, never mind. <laughs> never mind what I was fucking talking about. <laughs> This, you were actually doing something important. Yeah, so Peter has a very beautiful close-up face panel where he says that he thinks it could be Venom, and then he goes on to kind of recap what we've seen of Venom so far, which is just, you know, he brought the alien suit back from Battleworld, then he, like, broke it off of him, then it joined with Eddie, and then... God, Eddie the as panel, Venom tried panel, to kill him a whole bunch and he tricked him to stay on an island. The panel, that's kind of where Venom is. Where Eddie, like, where Venom bonds to Eddie is so gnarly. It's like going into his nose and his <laughs> it's, eyes. It's driving down his throat. It's so sick. So uh, up to this point, we've really only had, like, maybe like two or three little three issue storylines with Venom. Yeah. And basically the prevailing theme of those storylines was that Peter cannot defeat Venom. He is too strong. And so what he ends up doing is basically convincing Eddie that he succeeded in killing him. Right. And then they just kind of leave him on an island. <laughs> Yeah, where uh, it says, freed from their driving hatred, Eddie and the alien were content to remain on the island, finding peace at last. Um, the thing with Venom is that, like, hey, you know what's, what's a bad deal? Someone with exactly your powers, who is bigger and stronger than you, and also your best power, doesn't work on. Yeah, Good. which is, like, I kind of like that interpretation of Venom at least you know early on because it's like yeah you just can't beat that guy <laughs> he, he is simply too big and strong and you can't sense him so he's just gonna keep fucking pile driving you uh, 
what he explains, like, the, the description of the killer sounds too much like Venom. And, uh, and he, uh, Mary Jane's like, leave it to the police, Peter. He's like, or the Avengers or the Fantastic Four. Don't let that maniac kill you for real. He's like, but MJ, if it is Venom, I'm partly to blame. I brought the symbiote to Earth in the first place. I let him stay on that island. Come on, sweetheart, you know what you were getting into when we got married. And she's like, yeah, for better or worse, till death do us part. And she just looks so sad. She looks so miserable here. Her face is so fucking funny. She's like, ugh. So they depart, not even eating the hot dogs that MJ got for them. They throw them away. And then Peter goes to work at the Daily Bugle and he's just like going through like microfiche, I guess. Yeah. Also worth Some mentioning 90s shit. Worth mentioning that uh Peter Parker has an office here, but is still like a freelance photographer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peter is like explicitly a freelance photographer, but is sitting in his office. Right, maybe desk. it's just maybe it's just the microfiche office. Like this is just where we have the microfiche. I don't know. His coat is hanging up in there. <laughs> so basically, Peter goes through like all of the info he can find on Eddie Brock, and he finds out um, when Eddie was in prison temporarily, he was cellmates with Cletus Cassidy, who was a mass murderer. Who's given 11 consecutive life sentences. Also, this panel here where it's like, Cassidy convicted, killer given 11 consecutive life terms. He looks exactly that, like the Joker. Yes, I was just thinking that. It's like, that's just the Joker. <laughs> Do you think they made Carnage to like as a response to the Joker? I think they might have taken inspiration for Cassidy himself from the Joker. Um, but I don't know about, like, the greater Carnage character. Because Joker, in the late 80s, early 90s, yeah, he kills people. But a lot of times his mo his motivation is like, hey, I need money. Yeah, I'm Joker, like, I don't want to say that, like, Carnage and Joker are the same character. Because they're very much not. Yeah. It's just, it feels like a similar niche. Mm -hmm. uh, 90s Joker has, like, layers. <laughs> he's just like hey I'm, I am I would like to get paid fucking Reaganomics fucked me <laughs> that's not even me making a joke he says that on page in um in uh fucking a death in the family um I love this one panel if, if you're on the next page, the top left panel where he has, like, a fucking Chad face. <laughs> like, as he's looking at the computer. <laughs> yes. Like his fucking, like, cheekbones and, like, jawline and his chin and everything are, like, super defined. <laughs> Giga Chad Peter Parker. I mean, Peter Parker kind of is Giga Chad. Um, so basically, Peter finds out that Cassidy was raised in an orphanage, and the orphanage burned down um, several years ago. Yeah, 
uh, and the the Holmes disciplinarian administrator was found in the rubble. She, the police theorized she fell and smashed her skull in panic. But what if Cletus Cassidy fucking murdered this lady? He said, but she was just a kid. What kind of demon am I dealing with? Like, Peter Parker is the rare character who says, yeah, I'm going through a lot dealing with some demons. And the demons are just dudes. The demons are just people he knows from work. <laughs> then we have this really fucking awesome panel where it just says, Night Falls, and then he's Spider-Man, like, on a building. Mm-hmm. And he says, and, Computers only deal in facts. I'll have to pick up the nuances firsthand. I actually really love this next page. Yeah. Because it's basically a montage of, like like six different panels of Peter just like doing detective work. Yeah, and the way that like the panels are separated are by like his body in the center frame. Uh like yeah, it's like him web slinging and the webs are like the panel borders. Like it's a really good use of the space. Um And so he talks to different people about Cassidy and uh, like there's one guy he's got webbed up and he's like you can rip, rip out my veins and make me suck them pal but I won't rat on Cassidy that guy's crazy <laughs> how do you think that guy would how do you think he would find out like this is I love that pre-social media I, I love that that guy was the, the guy who was tied up is the one to suggest ripping his veins out and making him suck on them yeah uh, a, he talks to a cop, and the cop's like, yeah, I was a crossing guard then. And no, you couldn't prove that he pushed that girl in front of a bus. Yeah, it, I just really liked seeing Peter, like, do some fucking legwork. Yeah. Um. Like, if there's any character... Like, one thing that I think would be, like, an interesting use of Peter Parker that they've never gone, like an interesting avenue for him. Peter has an established friendship with Jessica Jones. Peter and Jessica working, like, especially because Jessica's not a character that's, like, appearing in her own book or anything, and she's not really, like, in main stuff. Them working together at her, uh, at her PI agency would be a really good use of both of these characters. Yeah. I mean, he's basically being a PI here. Right. Uh, and just everybody's telling him all this stuff about Cassidy. And he says, damn, from what I'm hearing, I'm almost starting to miss Venom. <laughs> so um, he basically spends like a, a while investigating and then he decides to go to the orphanage, the burned down orphanage. Yeah. And he sees Cletus Cassidy sitting there by a fire buck nude buck naked <laughs> dick and balls on the floor and he's like talking to like a like a doll it's like a teddy, a teddy bear. bear yeah like peter like mistakes it for a child's voice he says yeah it's like a like a fucking build a bear and he says so Cassidy Peter, says, like, sneaks up behind him. Yeah. And he says, what's that, Binky? We have company? Someone's come to visit? Come to 
violate our sanctuary! Peter's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> he kind of turns around and like gets like all symbioted and he like rips the teddy bear in half and he goes, Spider-Man, come on down! Spider-Man, come on down! You're the next victim of garbage! I just blew the shit out of my microphone doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's just noticing right away, like, oh, this dude is fucking kicking. He's like, well, this is definitely like Venom, but stronger, I guess, because he's beating my ass. <laughs> Basically... One of, um... <laughs> One of Carnage's, like, iconic powers is that he can, like, use the symbiote to, like, he can solidify it and make it into weapons, basically. Yeah. So he's, like, making, like, a fucking, um, like, a flail, just, like, a really hard, like, ball and just, like, throwing it at him and smashing into the wall and stuff. And uh, Peter tries to web him in the eyes, which doesn't work because he can just see out of everywhere. Yeah. He uses the face, like he uses his face to grab him and throw him off the wall. Uh, the way the like goopy like tendrils come out looks really good. Because they like, they climb up Peter's web line and grab onto his arm and then he throws him. Yeah. Uh, and so he Peter says I gotta get him talking buy some time to clear my head he says not bad for a two bit venom he says Brock that wimp he's through even he even left his other with me when he split now we're gonna show the world the truth and the truth is carnage He's like, I don't get it. Eddie still has the alien with him on that island. What's going on? He throws, like, a, a piece of wood at him, and Carnage just catches it. It's like a full, like, fucking log, and he throws it at Carnage, and Carnage just, like, grabs it, breaks it in half. And Peter's like, what's going on? And more importantly, how do I survive it? Um, Carnage makes a fucking axe to throw at Peter. Mm -hmm. And it like crumbles to dust and this gives Peter kind of an idea. He's like, hey, I guess the costume can't maintain molecular integrity when it's separated from the main body. Uh, and he says, well, and then he looks back. Carnage is gone. He's like, well, my he couldn't be hiding. My spider sense would warn me if he was still around, wouldn't it? Wrong. <laughs> 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 he gets like tentacled through the wall. It's, he's vent like Carnage absolutely fucks on him. Just beats the absolutely. Shit. Just fucking annihilates him. Um, some cops show up and are useless. <laughs> yeah, they they come in and Carnage immediately kill like kills one of them by like shooting knives at him. <laughs> this cop looks like Frank Castle. And then Peter's like, how dare you hurt a police officer? I don't even think it's like a... I think it's like, hey, stop fucking shooting at people, man. God <laughs> damn it. Stop doing that. Um, that kills that, people, man. <laughs> another thing that Peter points out, which is going to be important later, is he's similar to Venom, but different because 
um, Venom has a twisted sense of fair play. Yes. Which is this thing that has largely been forgotten about Venom, which is that he really wants to kill Spider-Man, but he really cares about protecting innocence to a degree. Yes. He doesn't want other people to get mixed up in it. He's just like, this is between you and me. He's kind of like um, a real asshole in a D&D campaign playing a paladin. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, a baby? I have to save the baby. But I will also kill the security guard if it will help me kill Spider-Man. <laughs> I will it's absolutely. Like a... <laughs> I'll do whatever to kill you, but these other people have got nothing to do with it. And Peter walks up to, like, he realizes the carnage got away, turns and looks, and written in Cletus Cassidy's own blood is Carnage Rules. <laughs> it takes Peter up the says, whole wall. Peter says, I am up against one sick puppy. And so Peter goes to his, uh, Peter goes home and he's talking to MJ about it and he's like I I did tell the Avengers MJ and the FF and anyone else who'd listen but they've got planet threatening problems they can't spare a lot of time to hunt down a lone serial killer it's up to me which this does not make the Avengers or the or anybody else look great it's like yeah 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 read the next speech bubble (laughs) Mm, ice pack feels good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> MJ is sitting on the couch arms folded fucking pissed uh, and Peter basically says like Eddie Brock would be able to help in this situation but that's not like I can't do that Yeah. And then he like knocks MJ's purse <laughs> off of the couch, and but and our cigarettes fall out. And he's like, "Hey, what the fuck? <laughs> you smoke?" This is like, another... "Yeah, I used to smoke as a kid." And he's like, "You smoked for years?" This is another Peter's douchebag moment. Like he knocks his cigarettes down, and MJ's like, "Well, yeah, I used to smoke when I was a kid, you know, to be cool. I stopped before I met you, but with everything that's been happening lately, well, I." And then Peter's like, shut up, MJ. Hold on, I'm watching the news. <laughs> Hold on. More on, like, the homicides. Yeah, so... The news basically reports, hey, Carnage just killed, like, a couple and their three children in their home. And Peter's like, alright, I don't have the luxury to not Call ask him. Venom for help. Yeah. The, the tricky thing about, like, Peter and MJ's dynamic here is that... It, like, Peter does come off like he's being a dick and not really paying attention to MJ. But, like, the reason he's not paying attention is because he feels responsible for a string of mass murders. I know. Like... But that's, that's such a, like, a oh, stupid woman trying to have problems when there's murders. How dare she? God forbid women do anything. <laughs> I think another interesting dynamic to this is that in the original Venom story, Venom basically impersonates Peter to go to MJ's apartment and, like, scare the shit out of her. So she has a really, like, personal fear of Venom. So when Peter says, 
This is I the have only to. way. Yeah, MJ's like, please don't say it. So Peter says, I'm sorry. I know what it means to you and to me. I know the risk. But for the sake of whoever Carnage might kill tomorrow and the day after, and for the weight on my own soul, I have to set Venom loose. Uh, so the next issue, issue 362, opens with... Or the cover is, again, fucking awesome. Mark Bagley going so, so hard on these covers. Oh yeah, this cover's iconic. Uh, it says Carnage and Venom versus the Amazing Spider-Man. It is just both of them diving on him. Yeah, so, um... We start off with some of your favorite... The boys! Um, Pete and Johnny Storm are taking the Fantasticar to Eddie's uh, deserted island. The Fantasticar is such a... Like... I miss corny names for things. <laughs> the Fantasticar sounds so stupid, and because of that, it's the coolest. Peter says, I'm dead. And Johnny says, Gee, Spidey, you're pretty darn talkative for a corpse. Because they're flirting. Because, <laughs> because Johnny is in love with Peter. Funny, Torch. Watch me laugh, he says. He says, flirting back. Um, so Peter gives a convenient recap of what's been happening. This is a thing in eight in like really comics pre two thousand, um, like seventies, eighties, nineties. It's it's especially noticeable in the eighties, but there's always like a convenient recap done by the character. Now that's yeah. really been replaced by like the first page of the issue will have a recap on it which mm-hmm. is a far superior use of the like of everything so you don't have the characters recapping these and wasting time that you could be using telling the story on them recapping everything. Yeah. And so, so- <laughs> because the symbiotes are weak to sound and fire, he has the Fantastic Four sound gun returning from the alien suit arc and he has Johnny who is the human torch. <laughs> Johnny who is made of fire. Um, so they get to the island, Peter is web-slinging along, and he's like, I should have taken Venom to the vault instead. Not Which to is be funny confused. Because, it's funny because later Venom is in the vault, and he very famously breaks out incredibly easily. This is not to be confused with the vault we talked about in episode 28, which is a different thing, also called the vault. The, the vault that he means here is a prison for superpowered criminals. That vault uh, that we talked about in episode 28 uh, is a weird dimension where time runs differently, where a post-human society lives. Don't worry about it. Peter has an actual kind of interesting thought process here where basically he's like, well, I acted as judge and jury sentencing him to solitary confinement on this island. All my talk about power and responsibility, and I let him stay here. And then he basically admits that he left Venom here because he was afraid. Because he couldn't beat him. And uh, despite the full body costume and mask, Johnny can pick up that Peter is nervous. That he's stressed out. And he's like, well, I guess I'm about to find out why. 
He says, Johnny, yeah, so they, I need you to back off. They see Eddie sitting on the beach, and he's just talking to the symbiote. He's like, huh? Oh, it is a beautiful day. Yeah, you're right. Every day is beautiful since we killed Spider-Man. And he's wearing the, like, slutty little workout shorts with, like, the piping, and they're, like, baby blue. Uh, he's sitting on the beach in fucking hoochie daddy shorts, reminiscing about killing Spider-Man. And Peter's like, Eddie? And he goes, no. He's like, Eddie, be cool. You're an You're imposter. An imposter. <laughs> Spider-Man is dead. We made him dead. He takes his yeah, mask so off. He's like, no, he instantly Eddie. goes Venom, jumps at him. He's like, I'm going to kill you. And Peter goes, nuts. <laughs> There's never an easy way. He shoots him with the sonic gun. And, and and he says enough of that shit. Fucking smashes it. He punches the gun like midway to punching Spider-Man in the face. <laughs> he says, "This time we'll eat your brain and your spine." And on this page, the way that um, Eddie is like partially gooped up in all these panels, it looks really cool. Yes. It's like his face is half covered. There's like tendrils coming off of him. There's like, it's like coming off of his arm and stuff. Yeah, you can see his eyes still. You can see the venom eyes trying to reform. Uh, and Johnny gets, Johnny, you know, gets him off him with a, a big burst of flame. And, <laughs> and Venom says, Spider-Man, you naughty boy. This is supposed to be between you and us. I'm afraid we'll have to spank your little friend. And he sends a tendril under the sand to punch Johnny in the face. And this is more of the classic Michelini symbiote humor. Which is that uh, Venom is just deeply horny. So they debate breaking Johnny's neck, but he says, suck Brian, Sparky, and he throws him in the ocean. Johnny thinks to himself, I can't flame on underwater, and there's something else I can't do here. Breathe! Which is just a very funny thing to think, like, as a sentence. So Peter's fucked, and then they decide to cut back to... New York real quick. <laughs> Meanwhile. Meanwhile, Carnage has gone to a union boss office and killed the receptionist to get at the union boss. It's literally like four panels. Yeah, just just by the way, remember him. And uh So Johnny, Johnny does Nova Flame which it's a very anime sequence. He's like, uh, I gotta try my Nova Flame. Won't stay lit underwater, but maybe it'll be enough to get that monster's attention. So just like a big fire explosion and Venom goes, ooh, that tingles. Your playmate is, your playmate is a pesky one, a web slinger. We're going to enjoy peeling his eyes. So, Peter runs off. They go to the abandoned mining village, which is from 
like the original storyline where they came to the island and <laughs> Peter goes oh, Venom doesn't trigger my spidey sense and the way his costume changes appearance blends in he could pop up out of nowhere and Venom is like invisible <laughs> dropping onto him <laughs> surprise motherfucker bang <laughs> um, Venom picks up a bulldozer <laughs> to land on him because he's Dio now. <laughs> and Johnny shows up at where blasts him with the fantastic car and Eddie is fully naked now. His his hoochie daddy shorts his are hoochie gone. daddy shorts have been obliterated. This is what makes old Venom superior to new Venom because if Donny Cates was writing this he would have jeans on under the symbiote. Yeah, but old Venom, classic Venom all dick, all balls, all Ass the time. Out. <laughs> and Johnny says, I set the sound system to match Reed's gun. Personally, I prefer Springsteen, but... I mean, he would. <laughs> so, while the symbiote is reforming, Spider-Man really quick is like, you gotta listen, there's another symbiote, it's Cletus. And then he says, he's slaughtering innocent people, and Venom goes... Innocence? Innocence? Dying? Talk to us. <laughs> oh, you're speaking my... You should have led with that, damn it! <laughs> so we cut back to New York. Carnage basically throws a security team through a door. <laughs> it's very cool. <laughs> um... And the the guy he's trying to kill goes, I guess if you want to do something right, you gotta do it yourself. And he pulls out a gun to shoot at Carnage. This dude and in his goes, fucking ponytail. This guy is a, like the phrase, this dude looks like a Bond villain gets thrown around. But this dude is exactly like a Timothy Dalton era Bond villain. Um, after he says, you want something done right, Carnage goes, man, I love those old cliches. How about this one? Boo! <laughs> <laughs> uh, it says, oh man, enough's enough. A secret doorway, a bulletproof shield. What next? I gotta fight your evil twin? Um, Carnage makes some X-23 claws and just <laughs> blasts through the bulletproof shield. And the dude's trying to take off in a helicopter, but the guy's like, but sir, my helicopter pilot license. And then Carnage just throws the helicopter He's off like, the we building. are going to die! Get <laughs> this fucking thing started! Um, the, the union boss guy goes, Why are you doing this? What have I ever done to you? And Carnage is like, Good question, Roberto. How's this for an answer? Nothing. And just fucking throws the helicopter off, of, <laughs> off the skyscraper. He says, um, Ooh, I bet that hurt, but I feel great. Soon the whole world will see that the way to freedom is chaos, and the way to chaos is carnage. Yep, so back to the island. Eddie is saying that he talked to the symbiote, um, which did indeed reproduce asexually. Um, but they don't really have a concept of family, so it did not feel the need to tell Venom, or it did not feel the need to tell Eddie. 
that it had given birth during their escape from Riker's Island. And basically, Venom says, we'll help, but when it's over, we go free. Because they don't think innocent people should die. And and Peter, unfortunately, has to agree with him. And (laughs) this will mean nothing to you, but to uh, the wrestling fans that make up a good chunk of our audience... Peter and Venom recreate the end of WrestleMania 17. (laughs) Which I I will send it to you. uh, Famously, at the end of WrestleMania 17, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin turned his back on the fans and aligned himself with longtime arch nemesis Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Oh, no. And tell me... Why does everything come back to Vince McMahon? Everything is wrestling! Everything is wrestling! That is the exact same handshake, (laughs) It's the exact same handshake! Um, so... Venom says, we'll help, but we have to go free. And Johnny goes, Spidey, you can't! And he goes, believe me, Johnny, I know I can't. Just like I know that I must. And they handshake, and Venom goes, Buddha there, partner! This is kind of really, this storyline, now that I think about it, this is really the origin of, like, what becomes, like, Venom's status quo of the 90s. That I think yeah, like his... Lethal kinda, Protector stuff and... Yeah. Because like, Michelini did go on to write Lethal Protector after Right. Uh, and so... Cassidy is arguing with Carnage. And he says, come on, Red, stop lecturing me. I'm the human half of this team, you know? What I say goes. Okay, so it's risky coming back to one of our parties that hasn't been discovered yet. So what? It's unexpected. Crazy. Ain't that what we're trying to teach? Now pipe down and give me some people clothes. I mean, order's just a lie, right? Built on fantasies like law and morals. (laughs) Like, this dude is fucked. Yeah, this is the origin of what will kind of become Carnage's deal, where, like, he, like, he just likes killing people. The symbiote is, like, he talks, like, he basically refers to the symbiote as his wife. Yes. Which, call, calling it Red, that's, like, the beginning of that. Yeah. He talks to it like Wolverine talks to Gene in the 70s. Um, and Carnage, unfortunately, makes a good point about police corruption. <laughs> Unfortunate. The worst person you know just made a great point. Isn't that the fucking Marvel way, though? <laughs> like, And then Carnage, like, destroys the TV in a rage, and he's like, maybe I should feed you a dose of truth. But first, I think I'll make a sandwich. <laughs> But, like, this is kind of the reverse of what happens a lot of the time with, um, like, with modern characters, like, especially with the MCU, where it's like, damn, this person's kind of making a good point, and they just blew up a children's hospital. I mean, Carnage, there's a full... 
Sorry, go ahead. Carnage has a full issue of just killing people at random explicitly because he wants to. And then he's like, you know, the police are taking fucking bribes. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, he's correct, unfortunately. I mean, they were already doing this shit with Cardiac in like the late 80s. That's true. Like, um, I think sometimes it is like a deliberate thing. Like, not to dovetail into a prolonged discussion about the X-Men, as I often do, um, but, like, the Morlocks are, like, representative of, like, being failed both by human society for not being, uh, for, like, being mutants and not looking human, and then being punished again by mutant society because they don't fits like the image that Charles Xavier wants to put forth and they aren't exactly the kind of people that he wants affiliated with his like vision mm -hmm. um, and that's like a deliberate point that they are making that damn these people have been living under the city underserved by mutants and humans and then, then it's like uh oh now we can't keep drawing attention to this, so now the Morlocks have to go away. Funny you say that, because Venom does hang out with the Morlocks at one point. Of course he does. Of course! They're all freaks! Um, so we cut to the Fantasticar, where Spidey and Venom and Johnny are all together, and Venom is complimenting Johnny on the Fantastic Four doing a good job, and Johnny looks <laughs> so, so uncomfortable. <laughs> He's like, mm. <laughs> he looks so upset. He does. He's like, get your fucking hand off me. He's like, uh, he says, you know, you do a marvelous job protecting innocents. Keep up the good work. And Johnny looks at Peter and he's like, this guy's got a fucking problem. You sure you want him running loose? It's like he only wants kills to get to me. If I'm already around, there won't be much danger. It's like, do you really believe that? Not really, but so. They're in New York, and Johnny goes, Hey, I'm busy. Deal with the rest of this yourself. Bye. I gotta, go back to, I gotta go back to FF. Because, no, at this point in time, the Fantastic Four were, like, the tricky thing. Uh, like, people believe that, like, before, um, before the MCU, people didn't care about, like, anything but, like, the X-Men and Spider-Man. And to a degree, that is sort of true where Spider-Man and the X-Men were much more popular than everything else at that point in time. Yeah, However, the FF were always cool. The FF until I would say relatively recently until were, the movies. Until the movies, yeah, were doing fucking gangbusters. Like the third cartoon, like there there were four cartoons Marvel was putting out in the early 90s. The X-Men and Spider-Man then the Fantastic Four and an Iron Man show that nobody watched. But, like, that Fantastic Four cartoon had, like, The Hulk and, uh, and Ghost Rider. The Hulk is up there with Spider-Man and X-Men. Yeah. That's why they sold the rights to all those characters. Um, so Spidey and Venom jump off the Fantastic Car, and Venom is basically like, I can sense Carnage I because it's another symbiote. Right. So, they go find him. Cletus is looking in a refrigerator with a Spider-Man and a Batman magnet on it. <laughs> and he goes, what? No Grey Poupon? 
and then Venom goes, Cassidy, and he goes, Well, well, Dad! He's like, this is fucking weird. Spider-Man's like, this is so weird. I don't like this. And, uh, Venom starts philosophizing, which is not something you see later on. <laughs> which is a weird beat, retroactively. It makes sense for the actual original incarnation of Venom, but it feels weird now. Where he's just like, he says, we were given power from the stars. It's obscene to use it for senseless slaughter. I feel like this works more, like, with the old characterization of Eddie, with him being, like, a reporter and being, like, a writer. A weird Catholic. A weird Catholic, yes. Yeah, so Carnage is like, well, you just really wanted to kill Spider-Man, though, so how about we just kill Spider-Man together? And Venom says, a tempting offer, but in this case, business before pleasure. And they tackle, like, Carnage to the ground. (laughs) And he's like... Ooh, I'm so scared. Not! (laughs) And he fucking slams them into each other and then throws them across the building. And Spidey's like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) What the fuck, man? Like, his eyes are just like, like, he's not doing like the emotive Spider-Man eyes here, really. But like, you can see it. He's like, what in the hell? Um, Carnage decides to just rip through the floor because this lady, another apartment. The downstairs neighbor is banging on the roof with the uh, with the uh, a broom, and she's like, "You woke the baby!" And Carnage goes, "Baby, ooh, I just love babies. I just love them squealing little rugrats to death." <laughs> And then he goes, yo, Brock, you're always whining about innocence, ain't ya? And he's got the baby, like, all wrapped up. And he just throws it up the window. <laughs> and Peter and, Peter and Andy are like, what the fuck, man? What are you doing? Peter and, literally goes, dear lord. It's fun to see them both, like, because they're both doing the same thing here. Like, they both leap in the same way out the window. They both, like web the baby at the same time which this is not the first time we've seen eddie save a baby yeah as venom but it's it's like it's cool to see them like paralleled like this when they have you know carnage as a common enemy yeah and eddie's like coochie coochie cooing the baby he's like they're there little one and peter's like stay behind me but carnage leaves yeah and he's like oh by the way uh, Carnage the uh, blocked my sensory probes, so I can't feel them anymore. Like, God damn it! I should have just fucking left you on that island. You are useless. Don't get snippy <laughs> with me, webslinger. <laughs> you fucking suck, man. But they see a newspaper, uh, the Daily Bugle, where J. Jonah Jameson has had a hole cut out of his head. So they're like, okay, he's gonna go kill J.J. Which, when I saw that JJ was in this story, I was like, oh man, this is like an all-star issue This is, this here is all the everybody. All the stars are here! Can you do a JJ impression of his next few lines? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> I, I jump at any chance I get to do a J. Jonah Jameson. <clears throat> next time, Pencroft! 
Don't protect your facts. The last thing the Bugle needs is another lawsuit. Blast the modern work ethic. Doesn't anyone want to do anything right anymore? Nobody wants to work anymore at the Daily Bugle. <laughs> it's not, he's like, not, no, not just does nobody want to work. Nobody wants to work in the right way. You motherfuckers are not doing any due diligence. <laughs> what do I pay you for? Fuck. Uh, and basically, Carnage busts in and he's like, Okay, I'm gonna kill you now, JJ. <laughs> because. Simply because. That's part of his, like, his little monologue about, like, Oh, people act like they're against crime, and that's stupid. Because order is fake. <laughs> also, on the next cover, on the, uh, the cover of 363... Um, Venom and Carnage both of their names are on like Carnage's name is on this cover twice and their heads are bigger than Spider-Man's <laughs> like they are overshadowing him on the cover of this book Venom was kind of like a Wolverine sort of oh, at this yes. point oh, like he was selling like, the thing, people can retroactively look and say, oh, the 90s, they were so extreme for what? It's like, because that shit was fucking popping. The most popular books at Marvel in the 90s, it's like X-Force by a country mile, Spider-Man, Wolverine, then like the main X-Men book. <laughs> then like X-Factor, Fantastic Four. Uh, but like the the extreme shit, the spiky, pointy blades, pouches, guns shit, it was hot. It was hot in the streets in the nineties. There's no two ways about it. People like Venom. People like Carnage, Wolverine, The Punisher, uh, fucking Adam X, The Extreme, uh, Mortal Kombat, like all this shit. It was people were into it. Uh. If the next issue opens with JJ going, but I'm too important to die. Uh, but I'm too important to die. And he's like, you're the city's greatest crusader for law and order, but I know the real gospel. Laws are just words. And order is something society made up because it was scared. Once you understand that, you're free to do anything. This is a fucking persona character. So Carnage is like jumping at him with a hammer because he like made a hammer out of the symbiote. And then Robbie comes in and Carnage goes, an audience, I didn't want. Wait, you know, Jonah man, that might be just what I want. So <laughs> then it cuts to Spidey and Venom, they're web slinging together. And Venom Peter's is singing like, strangers in the night. <laughs> He's got some Sinatra going on. <laughs> Listen, Venom loves to sing. Yes, In the Hunger, say, he sings David Bowie while he's killing a bunch of people. It's great. This is like a, my favorite little Venom detail that carries across multiple Venoms. Because this also happens when Flash is Venom. Like, so, the symbiote loves to sing. Peter recaps the story again. Yep, yeah, just standard early 90s comic recap. Uh, and he says, listen, I say we still call the Avengers, or he says, no, you promised my, you promised me freedom when this is over. Others might not honor that bargain. 
It's like, great, I was always reg already regretting this. Hey, he says that as if he didn't already try to contact the Avengers and the FF. And they blew times. him off! And Johnny was with him and then left! So they get to the Daily Bugle. The police are already there interviewing Robbie. And they're like, Venom! And they're like pulling out their guns. And Spidey's like, wait, no. He's chill. It's fine. He's like, wait, 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 he's with me. And he's like, they go, Venom's with you. And Venom goes, I know. <laughs> I know. I find the concept as loathsome as you do. But don't worry, it won't be forever. Like, some monster kidnapped Jonah, Spider-Man. I don't know where it took him, but they headed southwest. The thing said it wanted to make its point in front of a larger group to of people make to people more receptive to its creed. It says, hang in there, Robbie. We'll do all we can. Spider-Man, no. who is on first name terms with Robbie for some reason. Well, think about it. At this point, Peter's... How, how old would you say Peter is? Like, 25, 26? He's at ESU. He's at ESU, but he's what? He's like a grad student. Eddie is Yeah, he's he's mid twenties. Yeah, like he's he's married. Uh, so he's like I just didn't realize Spider Man knew Robbie. He, he's like been that. he's been running into Jonah and Robbie for at this point what has to be like ten years. Gotcha. So the cops are like, hold it, Venom's a con. Uh, oh. Venom's, Venom's a, a convicted murderer. murderer. He stays. You think As though like Venom this? has been taken to trial. <laughs> you think Venom was subjected to due process? And Spidey gives a little speech where he's like, oh, I don't like this either, but we, he could, he's the only one that could stop Carnage. I'll take responsibility. And Venom goes, nice speech, thumbs up. <laughs> like, not only does he give a thumbs up, he says thumbs up. Yeah. And then some guy comes up to Robbie and he's like, Should we update Mr. Jameson's obituary? <laughs> he says, This is a newspaper, Levitz. You know uh, procedures. Do it. Um, and then we get one of the funniest things that I also wanted to text you about. He's like, tell me about Cassidy, Eddie. And Venom's like, he's a loner. He wouldn't even exercise with me. He just listened to his darn heavy metal music. He's, he specifically refers to him as being a lout. <laughs> Which, for those of you that do not know what the definition of the word lout, he refers to him as an uncouth or an aggressive man. Like ruffian or hooligan. Um, and they basically established that Carnage is stronger than Venom as well. Yeah. Um, then they hear somebody screaming below, and they drop down, and there's just a crowd of people, and they're like, we were on our way to a party when this red guy landed on the sidewalk. He said, gotta keep in practice. Then he went eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and shoved this lady through a wall. <laughs> like, Carnage is like mid-task, and he's like, let me just kill a random person real quick. <laughs> He says <laughs> He shoved Lisa through a wall He's like, Which way did he go? I don't know I was looking at Lisa <laughs> And Venom says Someone saw where he went And that someone had best speak quickly 
Or this woman won't be the only bloody smear on the wall. And then he hisses. <laughs> Peter's like, Venom, no! <laughs> Venom, no. <laughs> no killing people for information. He says, look, Spider-Man, just look what he did to that innocent girl! I am looking, but we can't... Wait, that could be it. Metalheads take pride in bucking the establishment. And Cassidy was looking for a receptive audience. Because he notices a, a poster conveniently for something called Headbanger Heaven at Madison Square Garden. This feels like a very, like, 90s moral panic thing. I, I would like to add, this is 1992. The heavy heavy metal, like, with the, the big hair and everything, is on its way out. Uh, well, yeah, it's a comic. They're not going to be on the Times. Grunge is in. <laughs> he should have been going to see fucking Pearl Jam. You so know there's who, some I narration. Feel, I feel like Sorry. Eddie Brock for sure listens to Pearl Jam. Absolutely. <laughs> Eddie Brock for sure is into grunge. Like, he winds up in San Francisco, but he definitely thought about Seattle. He's swinging around the city like... Even though. <laughs> his head on a pillow. <laughs> He's like, he. Eddie Brock owns multiple Nirvana t shirts. So there's some narration. Can I read, like, all the narration? Yes, hit it. Um, Madison Square Garden, a New York institution built to last. But tonight, that venerable venue's steel and concrete walls tremble. For inside, shaggy rebels shriek defiance, blasting their ideology through amplifiers the size of small dwellings. Words of anger and aggression whip listeners into a storm of raw emotion. On most nights, their words of murder and rage are but keys, tools to tear down barriers of repression and societal programming, symbols not meant to be taken literally on most nights see this doesn't feel like like i see your point about it. this feels like 90s moral panic but this feels like the, them actually doing the reverse where they're like yeah, yeah yeah these dudes talk about the devil or whatever they're not like literally talking about the fucking devil it's all metaphors man these people are letting out their emotions they're expressing themselves uh the devil is here <laughs> So Carnage jumps on stage. He goes, "Center stage at the Garden! What a rush!" We get our we get another aw jeez. Ah jeez, okay, pal, you've had your fun. And the the staff, like the security guard, tries to run up and gets fucking impaled with a big splash. And the people in the crowd are like, "Whoa, cool show!" And then <laughs> Carnage pushes the singer away, and he goes. Hiya, kids. I'm Carnage. I kill I people. I kill people! <laughs> I just like I'm gonna waste this suit over here to show you how easy it is. <laughs> All you need's the guts to do it! Are you with me? And they're like, hey, man. <laughs> they're doing the crowd's like, hey, man. Authority bites. That doesn't mean killing people's cool. We got morals. <laughs> we got standards. So, like, most of the crowd is horrified, and they're like, hey, that's not cool. But then there's a guy in the back, like, smiling, pulling a knife out, and he goes, no, no, no he's, he's right. He's like, no, no, he's right. I've seen the light. Now let's see the blood. And Spidey goes, better idea. Let's not. <laughs> let's not Steals do that. the knife. 
And Jonah goes, Spider-Man? And he, uh, Carnage goes, where's your sidekick, pal? And Venom bursts up through the floor, grabs Jonah, and is like, I have him, but he doesn't look all that innocent to me. And Carnage grabs him and JJ runs to look for a phone so he can call in the story. That Spider-Man and Venom are busting up Madison Square Garden. Yet, um, Carnage throws Venom down so hard that he lands in Penn Station below Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Just Again, Carnage is just whooping so much ass. Like, you want to know why a character like Ve- like Carnage and Venom and, like, all the extreme shit, like, stuck? Because this shit is cool as fuck! <laughs> yep, Peter throws... <laughs> Like, Peter kicks Carnage in the face, and he also falls into Penn Station. And he goes, not what I had in mind, but you know what they say about gift horses. Okay, and he starts dead. killing people. Pops the claws and just, start, just starts fucking rampaging! And Venom's like, Carnage! And he goes, ooh, someone's really ticked off. For every drop of innocent blood, you'll pay with a gallon of your own. We get another Augies. Oh, a security guard comes out and he's like alright what's going on Oh, jeez stay where you are you won't stop me nobody will stop me maybe not Venom but somebody's sure gonna try and Peter kicks kicks him in the back the deaths must end I'll even kill to end them says yeah that's real stable (laughs) so Carnage is like leaping down the subway tunnel um, so Peter and Venom run after him, and Venom goes, your reign of terror is over, and Carnage goes, rain! We're talking hail, baby! And he shoots, like, a bunch of his knives at them. Peter has to dodge these things manually, because the spider sense doesn't trigger. Um, I like this line, too, where Venom goes, you're doomed, Carnage. I'm older, wiser more experienced and then carnage says in a different font yeah but i'm nastier (laughs) and he like starts like merging their symbiotes which hurts really bad until peter punches him in the face and he goes i want venom out of my life but not that way and he lands right on the third rail and he's like oh good lord the third rail! It carries electricity to run the trains! Thousands of volts! Enough to fry a man to a crisp in seconds! And Carnage just shrugs it off! He goes, You better check the stove, webman. I think I smell something burning. Ha! Like, that's not me laughing at that. He says, Ha! <laughs> He's just doing bits to pop himself. So they go back up to Madison Square Garden. Carnage has again captured JJ because he didn't run away. He went to go call in the story. Says he makes terrific bait. But tell me, hero, would you want plucked first? Or would you rather be surprised? So they're fighting Carnage more. Um, Venom is like keeping him occupied. And Peter sees the PA system, so he, like, sets it up to 
play like the frequency that hurts the symbiotes it just blasts them yeah just just sprays them out uh and he says hang on eddie I, i'll shut off the speakers before he's like no the younger alien can't be strong as the adult we can take it more give us more masochist eddie I love the pain. Um, so it supposedly works. They believe the Carnage symbiote to be completely discorporated and dead. And then Eddie's like, oh, it worked. You can stop the sound barrage now. And Peter goes, once again, track record of being the worst. Nope. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm going to keep blasting you. His logic is once it's, uh, once it's, like we get Cassidy out of here and we know he won't wake back up I'll turn it off and he's like that could be longer than you think Spider-Man for the only thing stronger than the agony we feel is our hatred for you you underestimated us one last time Slayer of Innocence but I helped save that concerted audience weren't they innocent he says they you try to confuse us we were innocent until you destroyed us! Now we will destroy you! Uh, and then Reed shows up out of nowhere, just blasts him with the sonic gun. I love that Reed felt like he had to plant his feet on the stage for this. <laughs> <laughs> Reed, you could have done this from outside! See, Reed says that they held back until they got Spider-Man's signal, so Spidey had planned the whole thing. Yeah. And then Venom gets pissed off because he has been betrayed yet again by Spider-Man. He says, what better proof that you were never innocent? Um, so they put Venom in a containment chamber thing with some of the weird armored vault guards. One of which is potentially Scott. Yeah. <laughs> he says, uh, you know, Reed says, that was smart, Web Slinger, asking us to be alert for your homing signal. You did the right thing. He says, Peter thinks to himself, did I? And Jonah says, hmm, Captain America would have kept his word. He says, hey, Cap wouldn't have given his word. He'd have found a, uh, another way, a perfect solution. He's a legend, but I'm just a man. And men have to make choices. Yeah, make them. And then live with them. Like, Peter just, ref like, this is a really interesting, like, look at Peter as a character. Where he is doing things that are kind of inherently morally gray. Like, he does lie to Eddie to get him on his side. He does trick him and betray him. Just to, like, basically because he doesn't trust Eddie to not turn on him at the end peter is like by nature kind of paranoid and kind of like self he's he's built on self-preservation but he actively goes against what is pretty much his own nature to help people because of the responsibility and that he feels and the guilt that he feels because his deciding to look out for his own self-interest got Uncle Ben killed. Yeah, and there's an interesting kind of theme running in this issue where it's like 
Peter is basically outclassed. Yes. So he's like the the worse things get, like the more he has to do things that are morally questionable. Yeah, things that he doesn't really want to do. But that's been him the whole time. Where he like like this whole story, he doesn't want to have to go get Eddie, but he knows he can't beat Carnage, so he asks him to help him. And then he knows that if Eddie turns on him, that he's gonna have to have a plan just in case. And he knows that he can't do this without him, though. Uh, and so the next page, says, but that's not the only thing Spider-Man will soon have to live with. For at an airport in Rostock, what was when what was until recently East Germany? Oh, are we talking about this part? Yes, just this one oh. last page. Uh, it's just like a there's like an older couple that are like getting a plane ticket and they're like we're free our papers we know are Peter. in order <laughs> yeah and they're like i know but it's been so long what if too much has changed think of it as an adventure after all haven't we dreamed of this for decades well yes of course but i can't stop thinking that once we set foot in new york lives will be altered forever both ours and his and it zooms in on a picture of peter uh, from his pictures in the bugle. So this, yeah, this is, is... Go ahead. This is some stuff for like the 30th anniversary mm-hmm. that's coming up. Um, but it's like, it's kind of separate from the story. Yeah. Uh, this is... Uh, I assume his parents. They are his parents, but they're not his parents. This, I believe, is the time that Chameleon... There have been, like, a few separate times where Peter's parents come back. So I believe this is a chameleon thing. <laughs> of course. Where sometimes it's the chameleon. Sometimes it's the jackal. People like to fuck with Peter Parker. Uh, but that's how this story ends. Um, and in... Uh, yeah, Venom's in the vault and... <laughs> famously, Peter like you said earlier, breaks out really easily. Yeah, but this that leads into like the Life Foundation creating their symbiotes out of Venom's like biomass, and that leads to hybrid, and it leads to Lethal Protector when he breaks out and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh. So it, it's basically just bringing Venom back since he's been gone for like forty issues or like thirty issues or something. I don't even think it's been that long. I think it's been like fifteen. Um, well, they talk about the. I know in the three sixty two it mentions what issue. It's just, I think it's just three forty seven. Okay, so it's been so, like almost twenty issues, but that's like a year. It's yeah, it's been like a year, and Venom is an incredibly popular character. Yes, this is kind of bringing Venom back, expanding on Venom by creating Carnage, so that they can kind of contrast Venom and make him look better in comparison. Yeah. So that they can do other stuff with them. And also introducing Mary Jane smoking, which becomes... <laughs> I, I, I cannot stop talking about it. Mary Jane smoking is so funny. Because she, she'll just be like... <laughs> sitting at home, waiting for Peter. Fucking chain smoking. Just like, I, I, I gotta figure this thing out. I don't know if I want to keep doing this with him. 
then she gets pregnant at some point. Like, I think that what leads to her stop, stopping smoking is uh, is that she gets pregnant with Mayday. Oh, wait. Um, Peter's parents in this storyline are robots. Robots, okay. Robots from the chameleon? Um... I'm not sure, but in the conclusion of the Peter's parents storyline, Venom shows up again. Yep. And that is what leads into Lethal Protector. Because he comes back, he's like, I'm gonna we're gonna do our final battle. Um but this is getting into a whole different yeah. thing, but um his like fiance Anne, who you probably know from the movie, gets hurt. And that leads him to be like, all right, I can't keep trying to kill Spider-Man. So he leaves for L.A. Or San Francisco, sorry. San Francisco, yeah. And there, without Spider-Man there, he's like, wow, I can protect innocent people without my insane bloodlust for Spider-Man. Yeah. My hate boner for Spider-Man. So this is kind of like the start of like the new kind of Venom era where he becomes yeah. like a more nuanced character and not just like a another random villain. Yeah, because they wanted to... They were like, how do we maximize sales of Venom merchandise without putting him in every Spider-Man story? That's what they did with the Punisher too, where they're like, damn, people really like this Punisher guy. Give him his own book. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, this has been uh, a fun episode. Thank you, Chloe, for hanging out. Um, it's gonna be a fucking long one. Nah, Your episodes aren't as long as other ones. I, I think, yeah, this will come out to like an hour 40. Um, you, dear listener, can follow the podcast on uh, Twitter at MCMFPod. You can follow me at Archer Arios, A-R-X-H-E-R-A-R-I-O-S. The X is a C. Do not make me explain it. Uh, Chloe, do you have any? You also, hmm? you also have TikTok, right? I do. That's where I feel like a lot of you are probably coming from. We've we've gotten uh, a lot of uh, a lot of love on the old talker. So, uh, yeah, you. I started getting your clips on my for you page recently. Oh, sweet. <laughs> uh, so thank you. If you're somebody that's come over to the show that listened because uh, of uh, the TikToks, let me know. Uh, just you know, drop a drop a comment on the Twitter. Follow us there, uh, or you know, say hi in the comments on TikTok. Um, we will be back probably with one more episode this month. Um, I'm I'm thinking two a month is kind of the way, uh, and I will let you all know once I figure out what that'll be. But until then, take care, stay safe, hug your loved ones, spay and neuter your pets. And uh, be easy.